well. I am super excited to be with you guys in this podcast. <laughs> um, it's crazy because like when I was thinking about like the testimony and you know what we've gone through or I've gone through in my life or like with Jesus um, in general, um, I I kind of not not forget, but it's something that's still kind of evident and still clear. And it's something that like, even, you know, some people don't know about me that, um, that what I've gone through or to see me as like the pastor's daughter that, you know, you have to have this like perfect life or not perfect, but like, you don't really have a testimony, you know, because you don't drink or, um, for me, I don't party or drink. So or smoke. Um, um, yeah. So like testimony wise, I was just thinking about that of, um, of that part of me or that side of me. I think it's one of the reasons why like my family and I are really, um, emphasize on like mental health, um, and emphasize on the importance of, you know, when, when you're feeling sad or when you're feeling, um, suicidal or in, in a mental health situation like the the need to talk to somebody and um have someone understand and listen to and listen to you and and walk through with you through that I mean most of it like long story short um there was like a very traumatic incident when I was probably like 13 that um that just created a huge trauma in my life and so it's crazy, like even thinking about that and like the process and a situation I've like parents and they know about it and um and it wasn't nothing physical, but it was very emotional in the sense that like um I fought a person off that you know was trying to abuse me, but I was able to have enough strength to fight that person off and um ran to get help. And so the thing is that like you know, it goes down to, um, to being able to speak and to being able to be a voice to people that don't have a voice in situations that are traumatic. Um, one thing that like, I've talked to my parents and, um, I was like, why didn't you do this? Or why didn't you take me to a psychologist? Or, um, when we went, when I went through that, you know, and my dad would be like, I just didn't know what to do. Like, we just didn't know. They just don't know. And so, um, and so a lot of that is, is very clear that, you know, parents sometimes don't understand or, you know, in the Hispanic community, like you're, we grew up with like, have a stronger character, you know, you don't show emotions. If you're a guy, you never cry, you know, or, you know, it's like, if you're showing emotions or if you're feeling sad, you know, cover it up and don't say anything. And so, um, you know, having that and changing that from, from being in that um, culture to actually, you know, talking about it um, was huge. Um, but I didn't know that at that age, I was 13. Um, then it switched to, I didn't talk about it. I didn't talk about anything. Um, even in my house, like we wouldn't talk about it. I have two older brothers and um, I've talked to this about one of them with one of them. And he's just like, I wish I would have known what to do. I wish I would have known what to say. Um, especially like one of them, like my oldest, he's like my protector. And so, um, 
he still always is protective, but he's always telling me like, I wish I would have known this part of the story because I didn't know we didn't talk about it. And so through that, through the years of like 2013, probably um, age 13 to like 15 um, till it was, I think, no, I think it was like 14. um, I did try to commit suicide. So I drank uh, 20, 20 prescription pills. Um, I had, um, I don't know, I was sick from something. And I remember seeing the bottle and like everything within me just did not want to live. Um, I couldn't really feel happiness. I was just feeling into like a dark hole. And so I drank all the pills just ready. Like I remember I cried and then I drank them. And I remember going into like, just falling back to sleep and being like, this is it, you know, if I wake up like, oh, well, and I woke up and I was so in shock. And like, I think within the, like that second of waking up, um, I physically felt the Holy Spirit tell me like, Priscilla, it's not your time yet. No, it's not your time. There's a purpose. And so I remember like, there's some instances that like Holy Spirit has like checked me. And I knew like there's more to live my life to um, to do than just you know give up. And so I decided like okay you know I'm gonna ask God constantly like when I'm feeling sad when I'm feeling depressed, um, Holy Spirit just be with me and 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 like just relearn relearn to check my emotions of why am I feeling a certain way, um, why why if it's like physical or if it's, um, differentiating between physical, mental, and like, you know, or if it's like your spirit that needs, um, that time with God. And so I remember like after that moment, um, I remember like something changed cause it's like, so there's a purpose. And so I started just like seeking God, um, in my own way. I, I remember there wasn't like a lot of people, um, a lot of teens making the same decision, but I remember that like thinking like God gave me another chance to live and, um, I really need to take advantage of that. Like that feeling of like, Oh snap, I'm alive. (laughs) And now I need to take advantage of, you know, like now I can't, like, I have another chance. Like I, and, and a lot of that went to like with forgiveness and like the conviction of forgiveness. Um, and, and walking that with God on, on, are you going to forgive, um, your family? And then, you know, that side of the family that knew about it and just, you know, took that person's side. And then, um, that side of the family that just didn't feel protected. And so I remember like the feeling of, uh, God and Holy Spirit telling me like, I'm going to protect you. I'm going to protect you. And so I remember seeing like a whole bunch of movies and things and, and just seeing how um, in the movies, like superheroes, they could give their lives for others. And just feeling that like, you know, what if I meant to help others? What if I meant to um, rescue others? And I just didn't know what to do, what it was yet. And so to to accelerate the process, like I went through like a just forgiveness process of like um, meeting my family members that were there in that time, um, seeing them later on and seeing how 
um, how honoring they were starting to be. And they would see, like, I didn't have to show them the fruit of being with Jesus. Like I started preaching and like preaching in LA. And um, I remember like Holy Spirit would just like fall in the place and like, like old school, like people would just fall, like we'd walk and like people would fall. That's how it was. Um, Yeah. And be like, yeah, it would be crazy. Cause then I'd be like, what is this? (laughs) You know, what is this? You know? And so I remember that like um, there was a lady called Catherine Coleman that she had the Holy Spirit so strong and um, she led like a revival and reading the stories of like, there's people that could have Holy Spirit and could have Jesus um, in a strong conviction. And, and so when I would go and preach to like youth and like um, even to, I think I was like 16 at that point, um, and having that like Holy Spirit conviction, I guess, um, I would invite my cousins and people that, you know, um, were related to me, are related to me. And they would go back and tell my tias and my grandparents, like, this is what's happening with Priscilla. Like, you know, Holy Spirit, um, there's something good that she brings that Holy Spirit, like, la respaldando, you know, has her back. Um so I felt like I didn't never had to defend myself from, to anybody. You know, I felt that I, I could just be with God and do what, say yes to what he's telling me. And, um, it was all going to be okay. And it is now, I mean, I could sit down and eat dinner with that person and they're in front of me and I don't feel like I need to stab them in the neck, you know, because <laughs> honestly, naturally, like naturally as a human, we tried to, we, we sometimes want to take revenge. And when it's something that like, for me, it's like, because of you almost took my life, um, I had to forgive and, and, and see that. I mean, he never asked for forgiveness, but honestly, I could still sit, um, in the dining room table and have family, um, outings and not feel like that's a weight or that's, um, something, you know, over me or that, you know, suicide can't come back to me. Um, especially now as now getting older, like even there's moments that, yeah, like it's like deep sadness, but one thing that, um, I understand and I really love to see is, you know, is the Holy Spirit come in, in those moments. Um, yeah, there's a Bible verse that says like, seek and you will find. And I remember like even in Africa, like I was missing my family and um, just missing that those moments and like the worry for the future. I don't know if like there's um, something there's like, there's a worry that like sometimes of like the future of like, who am I going to become? You know, am I in the right career? Um, you know, in that weight of like, do I have to in Spanish, like do I have to, in Hispanics are like, do I have to like do this for my parents? And and I was like getting to think about that. And I was starting to think about that in Africa. And we had this moment in a canopy and um, we had like a 48 hour prayer. And I remember in those moments that, um, that I just like prayed and I was like, God, I want to feel you and, and experience you the same way, you know, when I woke up to now, like have that experience. And I was just praying and out of the sudden, like literally no one's in that canopy. I closed my eyes and I was praying that I felt like a hand go like this. 
And I opened my eyes and there was like nothing there, right? And so I cut my eyes. I could not hear the Holy Spirit, but I felt it. And I felt like a deep conviction of what he was telling me. And in the, in the moments, like in that moment, I just felt, and it's like, how much does your dad love you? And I was like, my dad loves me a lot. How much, how, wait, what would he do for him to protect you? I'm like, my dad would protect me. He would do anything to protect me. And then would he listen to you? And I'm like, yes, he will listen to me. And then what I'm calling you to do, I'm going to be the one that needs to protect you. And I'm going to be the one that's going to guide you. And I remember just like that feeling of like, God is my father and he's going to protect me. Even when I feel like my natural father won't protect me. And then the healing of like in that moment of the 13 year old girl that, you know, didn't feel protected. Now God was there and he took me out of that. And now he's going to show me what protection really is in the sense of how a father really protects his daughters. And so I came back. And so there's a couple moments like that. You know, I remember when I was 18, um, I started fasting a lot. And I remember like some of my friends would like be like, no, let's go out to drink. And I'm like, nah, I, um, I'm going to study the Bible and like just really meditate. I don't know. And, um, and so I was the one that like always chose to stay and not live that life. And so I remember that there was, it was a, we used to have service on a Thursday and in the Thursday, I remember feeling like it was Christmas. Like there was something that was going to happen in my life that there was something that like God had for me for some reason. It's like a Christmas present you're expecting in that excitement of like, there's something going to happen. And I remember I went to church and I told my dad, like, I feel like there's something that's going to happen. My dad's like, maybe at church, maybe at service, you know? And I remember the, like, coming back home and I was like, no, that wasn't it. (laughs) No, I don't think so. (laughs) And my dad was like, well, ask God. And once I, like, we had a room that's like different corridor. So like my room was on the one side of the house and my dad's, my parents were on the other side. And I remember I walked into the room and I just felt Holy Spirit was like there. So I just like went on my knees and like start crying. And then it's like, I was, I felt the same voice and I knew in the conviction of like, I was waiting for you. I was waiting here for you. And obviously I was 18. I was kind of young. And so I ran to my parents' room <laughs> and then I was like, dad, Holy Spirit's in my room. He was waiting for me, <laughs> waking him up. <laughs> and then he looked at me, he's like, delay Mackie. <laughs> and I was like, that didn't help (laughs) why am I gonna tell you (laughs) you don't even know (laughs) but the feeling of like the conviction of like you know I could have gone through different um different experiences and then I could have you know taken my life and then I could have even not done what I've done But like, I think what I go back to is like the conviction of Holy Spirit and the conviction of God and the purpose, you know, um, I think that has always been like a weight that like hasn't felt heavy and hasn't felt like it's a burden or hasn't felt like, like I can't do it. I feel like that conviction has always been like the awareness 
of you're here for a purpose. You know, if I die when I'm 80, that means I have like, okay, let me do the calculations. I only have 49 years left of life. And so, okay, let me put 90. <laughs> you know, I only have 59 years left of life, you know, or a hundred, you know, I have 100. I know I put a thousand, you know, but like, if I think about it, like you only have one chance to make a difference and you only have one chance to do what God has like set for you to do since, you know, before you were born, like he knew you, he predestined you. And so like, that's one of the things that like, I, I realized that like mental health is so important to, to get grasp on and realize that, you know, Jesus wept. Jesus felt emotion, but that didn't take away from him doing what he was called to do. And he came here to do, um, which even reading that, like, I was seeing, uh, there's so much suicide and emotion in the Bible that um, people neglect to understand. Sometimes um, Jesus wasn't suicidal, but he did have emotion of sadness. I mean, to the point where like he was sweating blood, you know, when he was in, in the garden of Gethsemane. Um, because of the weight of what he had to do and his purpose. And he always knew that. And then Elijah, Elijah is another one that um, he was, let me see, in Kings, first Kings. Um, so it says like, first Kings 19.4 says, while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, he came to a broom bush sat down under it and prayed that he might die. I had had enough, Lord, he said, take my life. I'm not better than my ancestors. And then first Kings 19, uh, five to eight says, God did not take Elijah's life, but rather it gave him the strength to keep on going. God helped Elijah by providing Elijah with a good nap and a good meal, you know, <laughs> like, all right. You know, for me, like when I'm feeling like extremely overwhelmed, I'm always like, okay, is this my brain? Um, we do believe that it's important to like check if neurologically you're feeling okay. If it's, you know, it could be that your hormones levels are off, um, or other chemicals in neurologically, honestly. Um, and then two, if it's your body, like, are you sleeping enough? Are you, um, eating healthy? Are you eating all your vitamins? I know when me, when I don't have, when I don't have, um, fish oil or oil or a 12, you know, I feel like so grumpy and annoyed. Um, and then, you know, spiritually, like if, is your spirit missing the moments with God? Like if your spirit missing having time with God and spending time with God and, and I, obviously, to be honest, like sometimes we get so busy and even my dad says it sometimes like, I really didn't feel like praying today. <laughs> you know, I really didn't feel like, you know, um, I'm like, you're the pastor, but like, that's the thing. Like, even for me realizing like when I'm feeling extremely low, um, do I need to see someone for my mental health, my neurons, um, do I need to check my blood work? And then 
do I need to see if it's a spiritual side that my spirit's missing God? Um, I know that, you know, when I don't feel like praying or when I don't feel like, um, doing life, I know like he's always there waiting. Um, and I remember once that like, there was like a week that I, I really just like, just wanted to sleep. And I remember praying and out of the prayer, I was like, Holy spirit, I miss you. And instantly like just felt like the embrace of Holy spirit. And so, um, the crazy part is like with mental health and it's one of the things, a lot of this, I've talked to my parents and, you know, we've talked about a lot of, you know, what to do when someone's feeling, um, extremely bad or what to do when, when your child's feeling bad, you know, cause sometimes it's like, ah, you know, se la va a quitar. or the, ah, no, no, um, you know, but like, um, the importance of, of being able to speak and being a voice, like now, um, a lot of the girls that I work with and I, we've rescued, we actually did a count that I've actually helped 200 girls now, um, within probably like a hundred a year, um, in being out and then doing, giving some level of therapy with them. Um, and even thinking about that, like, makes me very grateful for what I've been through, for my mental health, for, um, for going through, like, suicidal thoughts, even, um, and understanding that, like, everyone needs someone to talk to, and, and if we're called to be the light, then that's the calling that God has for us, and even when we feel low, you know, God's always there, and Jesus is always there and Holy Spirit's always there. And even, you know, like Elijah, like God's like, he didn't take his life. You know, God didn't take his life away. He just gave him food and rest. And realizing, like, do you need to rest? Or are you overwhelming yourself? Are you overthinking or over trying to take things in your hands? You know, um, and figuring out where, where God, what, what God's saying and what's God saying in the moment. I mean, suicide and, and, depression is very different now in this age in my life. Um, I know I had to grow, grow into knowledge of like what to do when I'm feeling as like, that's what's meant um, in psychology. That's what's a baseline. You know, are you out of your baseline? Are you, um, it's like your normal self, you know, for me, I'm an introvert. So if I'm over extroverting, <laughs> that's, it's out of my baseline, you know, or um, which is weird because I don't know. I love being by myself. Um, so like realizing what's your baseline, realizing, um, who you are, realizing that it's okay to be yourself in this way. Um, and not staying in, in the funk when you're out of your baseline, out of like the normal norm. Um, and then being okay with like helping, um, getting help, um, speaking about it. Um, obviously like, my biggest thing is like, I have a group of probably like three people I would talk to, um, when I'm personally going through something, um, I'm very not closed off, but just selective on, you know, uh, I know the amount of weight that I carry. And so there are certain people that I confide in and, and they're great. Um, but also like realizing, like having that group of friends, knowing what to do, um, 
is very important. It's from God. Like God wants us to rest. God wants us to enjoy life and, and realize that like his burden is not heavy. It's light. And so, um, another thing that like, even thinking about it, I was like, I would have never thought that choosing God and even throughout like Jesus, like even, you know, feeling the emotions and choosing him constantly would bring me the life that I'm living. Um, obviously it's like not perfect, but you know, I've lived an adventure, you know, even being in like the United States and helping the girls and, and doing what I do. It's like, it's such an adventure and a gift. Um, but I'm glad to be alive. (laughs) You know, I'm glad to, to have, you know, the chance and like have parents that understand mental health, um, advised like older people, older people, even, um, at church and like everywhere we go of like, you know, what, um, seek help. And it's okay to talk about, you know, your past. It's okay to talk about your issues without judgment, you know, and having it have like a safe place. Um, obviously we've learned confidentiality, you know, and that's why I have like three people that I actually talk to. (laughs) Um, but it's important to, to be aware of like, your season and knowing that like, sometimes it's because I, for me, I used to sleep in college for probably four hours to five hours, um, because I took 18, no, 24 units one, one semester. And so the, the depression for that stage was more because my body physically was tired. Um, and I needed to sleep, (laughs) you know, after that, I'm like, Oh, I'm better. I would always get sick after finals or midterms, my dad would notice, like, he's like, you just finished your midterms hall or your finals. And I'm like, yeah, why? Cause you have, um, I would get the flu or I would get, you know, allergies or something like, I don't know, I would be so tired and I would get sick. So, um, that's kind of like a, a little snippet of my testimony. Um, obviously reach out for help, call 1-800 suicide hotline. <laughs> Um, but to be honest, like I, I'm very grateful to have friends to speak about it and like even mentioning it, mentioning it as a testimony. It's not, um, there's like no shame. Um, so I love it. And then, and yeah, speaking about it, it's always, always cool.